going to gauge reactions. Um, our hair being very different, you know, like being locked. People are like, how the hell does your hair do that, right? Um, and if your hair is bone straight and you've never seen or experienced anything like that, of course you are like, can I touch it? You know, is it real? So um, I look at it as like a more of a privilege that I'm able to be seen in these different places. And it shows that I am getting outside of my own comfort zone where some of these people have never ever traveled, you know? All right. Hey, welcome to Travel Tuesday Happy Hour, where we interview dope people doing dope things from around the world. And today we have a beautiful guest. Tell us who you are and what do you do? Hey, everyone. I am Jazzy Moss, and I am um, many things. I'm a stand-up comedian, a MC, um, a holistic transformation coach, the owner of Black Digital Nomad, where I empower melanated folks to live bravely, boldly, fully, and freely abroad. So basically I help people who want to escape America um, and live elsewhere. Okay. And so um, tell us, like, how did you come across having so many hats? Well, I'm a Gemini. Um, so I think I was really born into it. But um, just having different passions and not really um doing jobs well you know like i get fired from jobs a lot but it's because when i'm not passionate about things my attention goes elsewhere but um yeah that's always been something i'm always love performing so i also do acting and um yeah people on snapchat said i was funny so i started doing comedy and um as far as black digital nomad um I've run that because I think representation is really important. And when I wanted to leave America uh, years ago, I left in 2017, I didn't see a lot of resources for black people. Um, and did, even when you look up Digital Nomad, it was like the typical bromad, like the tall white males. And um, I think it's important for people to know that we out here too, and that you can start a business, live remotely and gain location independence. Okay, that's awesome. That's and that's really what this is about, right? Is um, not as not to your extent, but um, to the extent of showing others that this is we we all do this. You know what I mean? And it's it is possible if it it is within our wheelhouse to really travel the world and have impact. So, what was really your first travel experience that you can think back to that led you to be like, I got this bug forever? Um. Well, I mean, I was. Uh... Domestic traveler, you know, I was turning up Miami and I was... Um, I mean, that is travel too. I mean, some of us got our starts back, what, yeah, uh, like what you got, like Atlanta, Atlanta, we got Miami, we got LA, we got San Francisco. So, you know, I mean, let's not sleep on the sleeper cell you're travelers. Right, right, travelers travel. Um, and I think that travel comes with a mindset of just not realizing you're not a tree and that, you know, we can move around. Um, but I've always been fascinated by travel. Um, I remember as a little girl, there was an, uh, my maybe my um, uncle's wife or someone, and they were talking about her going to Japan and all these other places. And I remember just listening like, wow, that's amazing. Like, that's something I, I would love to do as an adult. Um, 
but it really wasn't until I lost my freedom. I, um, I did some uh, 15 weekends in jail, 60 days house arrest and five years probation. And um, during that time, when I, my freedom was robbed of me or I lost my freedom, um, I realized like how much, how much I wanted to do and actually that I could not do it. And I think a lot of us create mental prisons, but when you really can't do something legally, it, it's different. And so mm. um, I had gotten my passport. I was dating someone. We were going to meet up in Dubai and go to Thailand and have all these lavish dates. But my probation officer was like, nah, um, you can go to Mexico for like a wedding or something, you know, for a few days. But like, you're not leaving the continent. And um that day, I remember like my heart sinking in my chest and I was just like, you know what? Or my stomach. And I was like, when I get off probation, I'm going anywhere I fucking want to go. Like no one's going to stop me. And um, yeah, I just, I, when I got off probation and um, I could travel, I went to Jamaica with my husband for our first anniversary. And um, even that, like I had to kind of push him to take the trip because he was worried about taking time off of work and being fired or getting in trouble. And I'm like, yo, like you work every day. Let's take this vacation. My aunt um, is a world traveler. And she was always like, listen, even if you have to just save a dollar a day or just put something away, do it. Like always prioritize travel because those are experiences that are priceless. Um, and so with that, I was like, we're going to do this. And um, the day that we got back, to um houston no are we were somewhere we, i know we we're still in the airport and we looked up and it was um you know the when you're getting your bags a little fairy right. thing around right. and it said um mexico on the screen and he was like oh yeah i want to go to mexico next and i was like yeah you have the bug now like let's <laughs> so that was just the beginning of it and then it turns out um about a year and a half later we moved to mexico um so it came full circle with just you know, exploring different things. Now there are things we didn't really like about um, Jamaica just because we were, we stayed in a resort and we're like, okay, mm. I don't think this is really like our travel That's style, nice. especially. Yeah. And it was like, everything's white was all these um, other black people, of course, serving us and stuff. And it kind of felt almost plantationist, you know, after a while. Um, I mean, depending on where you stay, I mean, I, I love the Ryu, but once again, they hire local, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, it's 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 different from staying, you know, at a mom and pop hotel in in Montego Bay, and you know, it's somebody's grandma that's cooking you breakfast every day yeah, versus yeah. a uniformed employee coming in yeah, and taking care so, of you. It felt a little slavish um, to me, <laughs> but I, I we had a good time, but it was still like, okay, after a while, you get kind of bored um, staying on the resort. And I was like, I think my travel style is a little different where I want to connect more with the culture. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what I love about being an expat because I'm here for so long that, you know, you have local friends and you see the the way the world changes throughout the year and there are different holidays and foods and different things. So, um, but it was great. I loved it. And we got out of the country and I think it was just that nudge, you know, I was right. finally able to use my passport. He had received, gotten his first passport. Um, and now we're on our second passport. Um, there you go. Travel goals yeah. right there. Travel goals. Yeah, it's just starts with doing it, I think. And um, the reason why we left America was because of, 
just the state of the world there and um, my husband not feeling respected as a black man there, feeling uncomfortable. And he just came home one day and was like, hey, you know, like I'm tired of these MFs at work, you know, not respecting me, he's like, this is my trade. And um, yeah, I was just like, all right, 15 minutes in, I was like, I'm game, you know, I'm off probation, I can go, so what's up, you know? Okay. Um, and about 63 days later, we left and moved to Mexico, so. Nice, nice. So I want to go to Jamaica. I know it wasn't the expected, like, experience, but, like, let's talk about leading up to, right? There's, like, anxiety, there's excitement, there's all of that. Um, how was that building up for you guys? Because I know a lot of people... They remember the first time they got their passport, got on a plane. So what was that experience like for you? It was exciting. You know, I'm a researcher. Um, I'm, I'm the one who planned trips. And so um, I guess the hardest part was picking which resort, you know, because it, when mm -hmm. it comes to that, you know, um, and I'm a foodie. So it's like, okay, who has the best food? Of course, watching YouTube videos and people's experiences on them. Um, but also remembering that like everyone's very different and so you have to take your own because i remember right. the place i booked had like this this video and the girls were talking about how bad it was and how they hated the food and um i almost changed it but i was like no i'm feeling like this is gonna be a good one and i really enjoyed the food i enjoyed the resort you know um so it wasn't a total bust i didn't hate okay. make it was just i realized my travel style um there but yeah leading up to it was really exciting for me um just i mean you you got the shackles off you was ready to like yeah. woo, i'm free yeah i'm free free right so yeah it was a good time um i do remember you know making packing snacks and stuff for the flight and um us going and you know recording videos of it but of course it was i think we flew southwest so it wasn't really like a different experience um, compared to when we first came to Asia, um, gotcha. you know, cause that flight is 14 hours, 15 hours. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask you about that. Cause like from Mexico to now being in Asia, how, I mean, were there, were there other places in between or did you guys just decided we're going to go from hot to hot or we're just yeah, going to go to from Mexico? I wanted to go to Bali. I don't know what happened. It just kind of popped up in my mind. And like, um, you know how on Facebook you can write what's on your mind. And I just wrote mm -hmm. Bali with like a little circle or a little emoji. Um, and I think the next day my husband looked up flights and they were $300 run one way from um, LAX. And so we're like, oh, okay. Um, we still had an apartment in Mexico. We decided to rent it out, Airbnb it. Um, I don't know if that's legal, y'all. So do your research. <laughs> Um, but we did <laughs> rent it out. And so we made a profit from the rental property because it was a beachfront. And um, with the long-term lease, we had a good rate. So we knew if mm -hmm. we rented it out month to month, we could get a profit on that. And so, yeah, we rented it out and paid through our rent in Bali with that profit. Nice. And stayed in Bali for two months in Ubud. And I, that's where I started my book, Probation of Passports. Um, got a lot of writing done there and you know i took a chakra healing courses and did music videos and danced in the the um and the jungle and that's when i realized like oh yeah i love the performing arts um i did a, a music video for this independent artist Edie blue and um, i was like oh yeah i like this this is you know and that's what recaptured the uh, passion of mine 
to do performing arts again. So we went to okay. Thailand after Bali. The internet wasn't as that, that great in Ubud. Um, and I've always wanted to go to Thailand. So um, yeah, we went to Thailand and lived in Chiang Mai for nine months, um, almost 10 months. And that's when I, we were doing acting, different plays and stuff like that. Um, and then went on to Vietnam where I've been here for two, two years uh, next month. Nice. I hear Vietnam is an underrated place to visit. Um, I, I've had a, I had a guest come in. Um, I think they were supposed to do Bali, Thailand. And um, for some reason, she just randomly was like, yo, let's go to Vietnam. And she said, Vietnam beat them all by far. And so I was like, oh, I got to add Vietnam to the list. Vietnam is absolutely beautiful. It is underrated, which is, is good. We can keep it that way. Um, <laughs> I mean, um, after this, who knows? I, uh, as this podcast grows, you might see a whole bunch of us showing no, it, up. And it won't stay a secret forever. <laughs> That's why I'm grateful that I'm able to be here now. But it's absolutely beautiful. Like, for example, I'm looking at the Santra Mountains now from my apartment. Um, I have a ocean. So that's a light flex for y'all that are listening Go ahead. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's beautiful here, though. You know, I live in Da Nang, where it's literally the mountains. I'm looking at the mountains, the sea. Um, and then on the other side are more mountains with the city. There's seven bridges here. Um, so it's like a mix of Miami, you know, with your city life. It reminds me of L.A. Um, it's a very beautiful place. And even if you go to, I went to Halong Bay where you're um, on all these limestone. I took a cruise there. Um, I'm going to Fuqua tomorrow or Thursday because we can actually travel here. Um, okay. They did a wonderful job containing the coronavirus. We sat yeah, that's the other thing I was going to ask you. Like, yeah. you know, how are, are you able to move around? But we we, we, we skip in steps. We skip in steps. Yeah, Let me yeah, back up. But yeah, uh, Vietnam is, is absolutely a beautiful country. The people are amazing. Um, they're so resilient and they're still very kind uh, to Americans, surprisingly. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's a, it's a, I mean, they, country. they respect us cause they know we weren't doing that, you know? So <laughs> yeah, when they hear that you're from America, they still, although I lie now, I say I'm from Jamaica cause I don't want them to think I got the wrong. Listen, but, listen, um, I speak, I speak Creole whenever I have to. So <laughs> yeah. and I say I'm Jamaica with Jamaican with my American accent, um, passport, <laughs> but yeah, it's a really beautiful country that a lot of people overlook. And even I did, I never thought I would be here. You know, people had recommended Vietnam to me once I got to Asia and I was like, okay, like it's just not on my list. You know, I'm good. Mm -hmm. But um, when I lived in Thailand, they have a burning season where they burn the crops and the air quality gets really bad. It goes from like, I don't know if you guys have that app, but it tells you about the air quality and it's usually like maybe a 10 and it goes up to like 500. So it's really bad. It's like smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. And oh, wow. to avoid that, I decided to leave. Um, also because of the visa situation in Thailand, I was like, let me get a bit of break. And um, I wanted to live on the beach because Chiang Mai doesn't have a beach. I love Chiang Mai, but it doesn't have a beach. And so um, I decided to come to Da Nang, Vietnam for three months. Wow. Um, burning season was going on and I fell in love with it. Absolutely. And I've been here ever since. So nice. Nice. So what keeps you traveling? Like what makes you want to say, all right, well, Vietnam is beautiful, but I still want to see the rest of the world. 
Yeah, because it's the rest of the world out there, right? Yeah. Um, once you see something and you experience it, it's like, well, what's what else is there, you know? But staying present in the moment while I'm here and fully immersing my, immersing myself here. But um, yeah, it's like the bug, you know. I guess it's like when people get one tattoo and then they end up with twenty nine thousand of them. It's just like, you know. You, <laughs> fall in love with the culture and and different places and then with our community the black travel community or the black expat community you'll see people posting different places and you're like oh i want to check that out that looks dope you know and you add it to your list um so yeah just the the experiences i've had so far have been so eye-opening and so transformational mm -hmm. of my life it's like well why not continue you know um Got it. yeah i love it so so you mentioned um, expat community. Are you guys, are, is there like a, um, you know, green book for expats, like where to go? Or is it just you guys have like a Facebook group where you guys are like, hey, I'm going to um, mainland China. Like, where, where should I go? Yeah, so both. Um, you know, there's different sites like black digital nomad or you know um like <laughs> it or whatever but yeah there's different and we have a lot of uh groups as well expat groups like i created one here for um black people that live in da nang and uh we meet up weekly for sunday brunch we also did that in Chiang mai and so yeah with people sharing their different experiences or different opportunities job openings and things like that um yeah we're very connected and that's um in that way so yeah people just kind of hear about new places and or we go based on visas a lot of times like who has the best visa like vietnam um when i got here was offering a one-year visa to americans and only mm. Americans. so wow. um, compared to thailand it was like oh definitely let's get on that one-year visa <laughs> um, so yeah we moved like that and then of course the internet you know where's <laughs> the best internet um if there's high you know a lot of us work online so with fast speeds, we go based on that. Of course, the cost of living and the quality of life um, is another big factor in um, how expats choose where they're going next okay. prior to Corona. And, and so earlier you had mentioned that your husband had felt some type of way of how we're just being treated here in the United States, right? Um, do you guys find it that you're treated better or indifferent um, once you guys started to move around the world? Yeah, um, it was funny. <laughs> like in Mexico, they were calling him Tupac and me Rihanna, and I'm like, it must be. <laughs> but, um, well, they were yeah. calling me Snoop Dogg when I was out there last. So yeah, I'm um, like, hi, you know, but I guess that's better than, you know, the N word or disrespect, you know, or wanting to take photos with us. And for me, being a performer, I just act like, you know, they've seen my Netflix special that'll be out when I, when I get it, you know. <laughs> um, act like a little a, a local celebrity um and i take pictures with them i don't know where they end up i'm probably in all type of people's <laughs> living room albums and shit you know but you, it's like, you on somebody's uh product cover and you just right, don't right. get royalties yet my coin, so um but i feel seen versus you know and admired because i feel like if you go to a museum and there's something that you like, you'll stare at it, you may want to take a photo of it. Um, and if you were post by something, you look away. So yeah, the stares become overwhelming sometimes, but we have to remember that we are 
um, in these very small towns that we don't realize, like just because people on YouTube are talking about it doesn't mean that this isn't a small town. Um, and everyone looks very similar, you know, in Asia um, and Mexico. So we stand out and then remembering that um, with when we come from America, it's like a melting pot. So I remember going to school with Persians and uh, Korean kids, and I knew the difference between Japanese and even, um, you know, I didn't call all the Hispanic kids Mexican because I know some of them are from El Salvador and, you know, right, that kind right. of thing. So when you have that type of exposure to different cultures, you may take it for granted, like not seeing Black people ever for the first time in your life, and they're wa literally walking down your street where you know everybody. Um, so, of course, that is going to gauge reactions. Um, our hair being very different, you know, like being locked. People are like, how the hell does your hair do that, right? Um, and if your hair is bone straight and you've never seen or experienced anything like that, of course you are like, can I touch it? You know, is it real? Right. So um, I look at it as like a, more of a privilege that I'm able to be seen in these different places. And it shows that I am getting outside of my own comfort zone where some of these people have never, ever traveled, you know, um, abroad or left their, their counties or whatever. So um, yeah, it's interesting. But I think it's really important for us to like shed that American trauma because it's so easy to make everything feel like, like make, you know, um, correlated with racism. And I don't think that's that. Like some people have been like, oh my God, they're touching your hair. That's racist. And it's like, okay. Girl. <laughs> it's curiosity. Yeah, it's, yeah. Look up the definition because that's not racism. Um, <laughs> now there was throwing acid on me because I was black or had locks, you know, that would be different, but they're just really curious. So that's cool. That's so what I feel so seeing reflected here. Okay, so I want to ask a follow-up question. So um, when people do find out that you're American, what is that conversation like sometimes? Um, it just depends on the person and their mindset. Like some people are like, oh, but your skin. And I'm like, y'all know Obama. Like <laughs> y'all didn't name dishes after him. You know, that's my uncle. Stop playing. <laughs> or I tell them like, black people built America. Um, you know, get a history book, but it's really, there's so many lies in them, but yeah. Um, and then some people are like, oh my God, American. And they'll try to charge you more because we're considered rich, you know? Right. Um, and I do feel like a millionaire here. It is, you know, the cost of living is so affordable. And then I make us dollars. So your dollar goes a long way. Um, but a lot of times they're just really excited, um, or where are you from? And I say, California, oh, California. And I've also noticed a lot of Vietnamese have family that live in America, particularly mm -hmm. California and Texas. And so they're familiar with it, but, um, yeah, they get pretty excited knowing that we're from America, which really surprised me, um, knowing about the war here. The oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. War. Yeah. The, the big elephant in the room. Um, so, so with that being said, um, have, so where were you when Corona kind of became the pandemic of, of, of today? Yeah, well, I was in Asia and so we got, um, word of it much sooner than you all because we were on the border of China. And so actually the first thing that I saw was a hotel saying like, no Chinese guests. And we're like, oh, wow, that's crazy. 
um, you can't do that in America, you know, (laughs) they were not messing around. And I was really baffled by that. Like, damn, y'all really putting on the signs, like outwritten signs, like no Chinese um, guests, you know, due to virus. And um, that was like the first thing. And this was in January. And Mm. then I took a flight to Saigon for Saigon for a um, comedy show and I read an article about it, but it still, it just seemed like, you know, wear a mask. And so I wore a mask on the flight. I wiped things down. Um, I ended up getting pretty sick though. I don't know if I had it or what, but. Um, you were yeah, here I today. Can, That's all that matters. I can usually take some pineapple and knock that shit out, but it was not going away. I had to go to the pharmacy out here. But um, yeah, that was in January. And they were when Wuhan, and actually I had a friend who flew back from America to Vietnam and stopped in Wuhan. And we were like, oh, girl, don't come to the Super Bowl party. But it had been some time and she was all right. You know, she wasn't mm-hmm. coughing or anything. But this was in the very beginning where I didn't even tell my mom yet because I didn't want her tripping out and saying, come on home. But um yeah, and then I, we did a lockdown. We had a lockdown here in March or so where we couldn't travel or do anything. But we had no idea looking back then in January that it would be a mm. worldwide pandemic. We were like, okay, we're on the border of China. It's going down there. We were watching it in China and how they were containing it. And also I was a ESL teacher online. So a lot of my students were Chinese. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was just hearing their experiences, right? But it was a China thing. It wasn't worldwide at all yet. And um, then in March, when it hit, I was still in Vietnam. And Mm -hmm. uh, my husband went to Bali at the time to go to a festival, do an artist festival. He's a uh, visual artist. And he got locked out. They shut the borders. And so he's been out of Vietnam since then. It's been crazy. so what, he's been in Bali since March? No, he was in Bali for a few months and he really? left and went to back to America. Now he's in Mexico. And so we'll re- not reunite soon, but I'm here working and stuff, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, so that leads me to the next question is like, how are you adjusting? Like you guys being together for so long to now having to, you, you, you have your dog, of course, to keep you company, but. You know, I mean, you you got the best deal of the situation, right? You got beautiful mountains, wonderful seas to look at, but hubby's not around. Um, how are you adjusting with that? To to work on myself, to you know, learn better skills. I feel like things happened uh, happen, and for our greater good all the time. You know, so looking at this as a time to work on any issues that we've had and come together stronger when we do. But also realizing that for now, it's best for me to stay in Vietnam because once I leave, I can't get back in. And I'm actually able to do live comedy shows. I'm actually the host. And so um, as a new comic, pardon, um, it's like I'm in training, but I'm getting paid to do so. So I'm just like, okay, let me use this time to to perfect my craft. And um, I'll leave and go to Mexico in a few months and reunite with them then. Nice, nice. Yeah, he's tried to get back in. But I mean, I guess I I know worse stories, horror stories of people who've gotten pregnant um, and have been away from their mates and had a baby and things like that. So I'm like, oh, I ain't got no problems. (laughs) (laughs) And so you mentioned earlier that they 
um, pretty much had things locked down earlier. So what is what is the moving around today? Is mass, no mass, social distancing still? Yeah, so we've um we're like ninety to three months clear free from any new cases. And there was a case with someone, but they got him, they captured him, is what really they do out here. Um they take it really, really serious. Um so today, as of today, I'll be going traveling um Tuesday, Thursday to go on vacation. I'm gonna go excuse me, to one of the islands here. And so, yeah, we have to wear a mask on the plane. But like, if I go to the store, I don't have to wear a mask. Sometimes I will. It's like, you know, I'm going to the mar local market where there's a lot of people. But, you know, in Asia, wearing masks is already a thing. So it wasn't like a huge deal to them. No one is fighting for their freedom to not wear a mask. Yeah. Um, they wear masks if they're sick already. And also because of the motorbikes that they are on, they... Like we're, I already had masks before this went down. So um, as of now, our restaurants are open. This looks, it looks like Corona never happened, honestly, except for the fact that you see some businesses that didn't survive. Um, gotcha. But it is because when the lockdown, when we had the lockdown, it was serious. There was no one outside protesting. Um, we had to stay in the house. We could not even get food delivered. So all these excess were online, like, how do I cook? Like, <laughs> survival skills. But the food is so cheap here that we typically eat out. So it was just uh, no eating out, no um, going out, no gathering in groups. We stayed on, well, I think we were on lockdown for like two months. So mm. it got hard. It got very, very difficult. But when we look now, there's been no new cases. The world, or the, our world here is back to normal. We are dying. We can do everything. I went to a Christmas party last night with 20 people. Um, and that probably sounds crazy as hell to people, but mm -hmm. yeah, we, haven't had not, we haven't had any new cases. Everyone here was tested. We had mandatory testing months ago. Um, yeah, so, it, I mean, it works, and it works. So everything's normal here again. That's nice. That's that's good to have. I mean, um, yeah. here people are refusing to wear masks so we can get to a normal. But, you know, our new normal is a uh, kickback at the crib with only people you trust. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so from there, now that you're moving around, that you're able to move around a little bit more, like what would be some of your tips that you would give people um, during this new norm of Corona? Right. Like what are some things you would tell people to look out for? not just out of safety, but, you know, to travel and, and enjoy travel? Yeah, um, I just think, uh, do your research, you know. Um, I guess for me it is different because I'm just doing domestic travel right now, but then I'm just taking advantage of being able to explore Vietnam and parts that I probably wouldn't go to. But, of course, I think wear masks. And it's so hard giving people tips on their own, like, because people have their own beliefs and it becomes such a... Well, yeah. So that's why I was saying, not necessarily just Corona, right? But like, if it wasn't, what would be your travel tips, you know? Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Um, for me, I find research um, is a thing, you know, and find your travel style. Remember to stick to your travel style. Um but not, you know, in a closed-minded way. But definitely get out there and explore things, you know, see things that maybe people aren't talking about so much on the, on Instagram. Um, I think there's, we have, there's like tra travel bubbles and it's easy to like continue to go to where everywhere, everyone else is going. Um, 
But yeah, maybe experience something different. Like Vietnam is a beautiful country. Um, they're not letting nobody in as a family. <laughs> I'm grateful for that. Um, but when they do let people in, definitely travel to Vietnam. Um, yeah, I like to join expat groups because I guess I travel a little differently because I typically will live there if I do travel um, to a place and then like have a base for a minute and then travel around the country. But um, yeah, I don't know, just have an open mind and then don't really take that American experience with you everywhere, the American trauma. Like we are so good for packing that with us and um, travel with beginner's mind as if you know nothing and so that you can have uh, fully immerse yourself in new experiences. Um, but mainly leave the the American trauma at home because I think it really has an effect on a lot of us um, as Black people traveling. And when things happen, we automatically assume that it's racism. And there is racism. I'm not saying that it's not and that you'll escape it leaving America. But everything doesn't have to do with us being Black. And also, a lot of people respect us as Black people um, in different parts of the world. So experience that. Okay. Okay. Are you taking in your superpower today? Yeah, I was wondering. I'm like, where is it? Um, <laughs> is it on this time zone? Because I know we're. Uh, I think here. I think you so, missed it. You're in the future, so yeah, it's in this time zone. Yeah, it already happened for you. So I'm like, what is it? Um, well, know. you already got your superpower. You're a comedian. You're a performing artist. Yeah, you right. On a dope right. page. So so the the energy coming your way is only gonna expand your superpower just to the next level. Right, um, right. That's it. Right, being able to live my life the way I do, I think, is my superpower, um, and being very comfortable in creating my own life because I know a lot of us allow society um, or our families to dictate our lives, and I've never made sense to people. Um, but I found the lifestyle that works for me to where now it's like, oh, okay, girl, now I see, you know, why, <laughs> why you move the way that you do. Um, and not that it needs to make sense to anybody, but it's like, I've, I've finally found my fit of be walking to the beat of my own drum and, you know, my upbringing with my family and being able to be away from them for long periods of time. Um, and just the resiliency. And so, yeah, life is lit. I'm, I'm really happy with how like, nice. I guess that's my superpower is living life on my own terms. Nice, nice. So you mentioned earlier, there's so much world to see. Do you still have a bucket list of places that you want to see? Um, yeah, so I still want to, I was actually doing a 20, tour, a 20 city tour with 20 shows in 20 cities for 2020 for comedy until the Rona happened. So I still definitely want to explore more parts of Southeast or of Asia. I didn't go to Korea yet, uh, South Korea. Um, I'm not really sure if I want to go to China. Um, I'll be feeling <laughs> kind of like, oh, are they now? Um, so have you been to Singapore yet? No, I haven't been to Singapore. I was going to go. And I was like, that's the thing that's so crazy with life is like, we're like, oh, I'm here. You know, it's not going. We're so good to say it ain't going nowhere. No, but nowhere. Until it's gone. Yes, places. Are, yeah, we'll go somewhere. Um, but definitely Singapore, um, Korea, South Korea, Japan. <clears throat> there's like this, um, I think it's called Naruto. One of my students was telling me about this place in the middle of the ocean that has a world 
pool twice a day. Mm -hmm. And so I would love to see that. Oh, wow. That's dope. Um, yeah, Bali's already, I've done Bali, but I do want to go back to Bali. Um, so I feel like you can go over and over again. So, so let me ask you a question quick. So I want to ask a quick question. So for someone who hasn't been that far east, all right, once you're out there, is it easy to maneuver like Europe and Africa or it's a, it gets difficult depending on where you're trying to go? What do you mean? Like just traveling or? Yeah. So like, let's say I decide I want to go to Thailand, but then I want to go to Indonesia. Then I want to go to um, Korea, South Korea. Then I want to go to Singapore. Like, Europe, you can probably catch a flight that's like a hundred, uh, maybe fifty euros, a hundred euros to go from one place to another. Is it that affordable and easy yeah, to move definitely. around? Yeah, I used to go to Thailand regularly um, for I think eighty dollars round trip. Okay. Um, Japan maybe two hundred dollars because it's a little further, but like Indonesia is like one hundred and twenty three dollars round trip. Yeah, so it is once you're in Asia. And you want to travel throughout Asia. Like I went to Malaysia. Um, I think tickets are cheap. Like they're really affordable. And even nice. traveling throughout Vietnam, like I'm going to go to Fuqua. Um, and that is, I think my ticket was $60 because I bought it late. Like the day before it was $40. $40 oh. trip. Yeah, I go to the um, big cities for shows. Tickets are $40 round trip. And I don't think you can really move around even America like that for $40 round trip. So yeah, it's very easy to hit up country hop, which is why I've run out of pages. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, loud, so, EMR. So you're my, you're the third guest that talked about teaching English while traveling to make money. How does one kind of get into something like that? Like, so like, let's say I decided all of a sudden, hey, I'm in uh, Vietnam. Where can I get a teaching job? How, how, do, how do you get into that? Yeah, so I don't do in-live teaching because um, I'm really like, I've gotten so used to owning my time and not having to go to work. So I was, I haven't been teaching this year, but I was teaching online um, and that's easy. And then go to my website. I have a, a blog post on the steps to do that, the cert teaching certification, where to get it um the different options that you have now as far as in person here it's like applying on facebook is a big thing like they'll post in the xvac groups they need a teacher you can apply for that um so yeah it's not as hard as it seems but i will say this because i did just do a video on this yesterday that i'm editing and it's um black people do have a harder time getting teaching jobs compared to white people because they do like my friend applied and um it was really unfortunate because they responded to her friend her white friend she was like hey they're not responding to me can you send the same message and see if they respond to you and they did and she's like okay well thank you for responding to me but my friend applied you know can you guys reach out to her and they're like who's your friend and she sent her profile and they said oh yeah the, we asked and the parents would be scared of her so there is that kind of ignorance here that happens. Wow. Sometimes. Um, and again, I haven't experienced it personally because I don't apply for teaching jobs in person. But um, yeah, it's really unfortunate that that's happened. But the, this is also a beautiful woman who's opening a mac baked macaroni and cheese business here. Um, so that's why I'm like, F these jobs, girl. Like, start a business. 
you know, um, because those things do happen. And even with ageism, there's a thing, my friend's um, Filipino, beautiful woman, and they told her in Thailand, like, I'm sorry, but you're too old. And she's like 55. She looks very young, very fit, mm. but not that even if she looked like a grandmother, like it shouldn't matter. Right. But right. they say those kind of things. And that's how I know it's from, from pure ignorance. Cause they'll tell you like, Oh no, you're old. You're too old. You know? So like the, the, the friendly American social construct of say nice things doesn't necessarily exist. No, no. some <laughs> of the, it's so funny. I have a, um, a class I was teaching and it's like a cartoon and there's little bubbles and the girl is saying like, oh, why are you putting on makeup? And the girl says, oh, to be pretty. And it says, well, you still look ugly. And even like, and this is what the lesson that I'm teaching that I did not write. I'm like, <laughs> or they'll say, hey, um, ask the student, is your, is, your te- is your mom pretty or ugly? Is she fat or skinny? And like, it's a thing to where they all just say it, you know, like, oh, my mommy's wow. fat, look. And I'm like, please, this is making me uncomfortable. <laughs> but it's, it's why, like, they'll tell you here, like, oh, you're fat. And they don't mean anything by it. They're just observing. Mm, you know? Yeah, okay. so it's, it's very different, the culture um, with that us being we're like not we're polite or nice in america right 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 that's what i was told um in europe they were like yeah we we don't do that american nice i was like wow that's crazy yeah. yeah but um so you are probably the second performer i know that's gone to asia and like did it or doing it yeah. um uh, one guy i went to school with um you know, he went to Japan, became this Japan superstar. Um, and is it, I don't want to say easier, but are they more open to different types of artists out in Asia? Um, or is it just like, it's an open lane for everybody to really kind of be out there and do well? Yeah, I don't know. I, I Sometimes I think about that because it's like, damn, if you would have told me, I'm from Los Angeles, we're like, stars are made you know or people come to be stars so um I was always thinking like I would have to go back home to do these shows and different things but I'm not sure if it's just like the opportunities you take advantage of them you know because the opportunities are back home as well but um for me I can say that it was just like well girl you out here anyway so f it like you might as well live it up like right right because because you're talking about a 20 City, yeah, a 20 city in 2020. Was, how are you going to do that back stateside? Yeah, um, I was just going to book, like, go reach out to people. Once I do one show, it's easy to get booked for another show. Um, right. and the community is tight here. You hit somebody up, hey, I want to get on your show, they'll fly you out. Um, so that was my goal, that was my, my plan. Um, and then also hit up like America and finally do some shows out there. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's just about. If you like, I don't know, I've seen so many people do so many dope things out here and it's just, I mean, it's not as many of us. So of course I stand out more as a black woman doing comedy. Um, But there's people from all over the world doing it. So I don't even know how to answer that. I just think it's just, you want to do something, um, you put your mind to it and you can do it. And that's the thing someone told me when I first got to Asia, like anything you want to do here, just do it. And there's the way that I manifest things on this side of the world are so quick too. And I think it comes from the amount of peace that I have here to where I'm not so 
weighed down with like American's heaviness, America's heaviness, um, and energy to where like, I'm not worried about surviving so much that I can actually thrive over here because all my right. time is not spent in traffic. It's not spent dealing with racism. It's not spent with expensive rent, like that mm. kind of, you know, like my rent is $340. So I, I mean, I could, you know, like I'm not, my, my cost of living is low. My quality of life has improved. And so of course that's going to trickle over into my life holistically. And so right. I think it's just, it just flows. Like when you're not having the stress of like surviving, you know, um, there's civil rights that you can just flourish. That's amazing. Look, you, you got me all jelly over here. Um, so tell us what you got going on, what you got coming up. Where do you want people to find you? Yeah. Um, um, I'm doing an ebook that'll be out very soon and it's on um leaving america in 90 days or less um and that'll be out but you can always go to my website blackdigitalnomad.com blackdigitalnomad.com uh, for free resources i do videos on youtube about living abroad um i share resources also on my instagram and different stories um and that's black digital nomad as well um yeah, I'm always doing comedy shows out here. I'll be hosting a New Year's Eve party. And yeah, I'm just around, you know. That's that's awesome. Well, this was a long time putting this together. Yeah. Um, and so I really appreciate you taking out of your Tuesday morning um, to really make this happen. I'm very honored uh, to be blessed by the Black Digital Nomad. Yes, thank you, Joy, for reaching out. We were on the phone the other yes. day. She's like, oh, you never do that uh, podcast? And I was like, I don't think he emailed me. Let me look now. And that's how I ended up messaging you back because she had asked me. And I realized I had dropped the ball. I didn't respond to the last message. And I was like, oh, that was my bad. Um, it's so yeah, good. I've, we're finally able to put this together. It was right on time, though, I do believe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, this is my superpower now. So, I mean, yeah, you know, hopefully it. I get to manifest new things. But... Um, you know, this has definitely been a great experience. Um, I, I, you dropped a bunch of jewels on people. Um, and, um, you know, once again, I'm, I'm always thankful to people to jump on and really be open to talk about their experiences. Because one of the things that I think we both, you know, share is that we need to see more of ourselves, um, you know, doing things that are outside of what we're put in the box for. Yeah. Um, and, um, being a black expat and making it look good, making it look easy, you know what I mean? Um, and not just doing that, but sharing your knowledge, sharing your experiences so other people don't have to go through some of the same pitfalls as you have. That's yeah. really big because, you know, some of our greats said, you know, we need to lift as we climb, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it and then not tell anybody. You know, right. we can't always wait on the talented 10th to give us the support that we need. Um, so people like you that are doing and teaching at the same time um, make this community so much stronger. So I really do want to appreciate you for that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm here. Anyone, I also do consultations for people who want to live, move abroad. You can check out the website for that as well. And I do a masterclass um, that goes through the steps. of. She really is Jamaican. She does everything. <laughs> Well, I can't get no job, so I gotta, you know, I gotta do my own thing.